Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I am James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com. We believe that a strict policy of prohibiting guns keeps us safer. We've got that story, plus the pink slime strikes back. But first, it is back to school time, James. Pavlov's bells ringing in their heads with, of course, the three pillars of education, the three R's, Ritalin, Relexi, and Armadaphanil. You might know it as reading, writing, and Adderall. ADHD drug market already stretched thin, now facing back-to-school supply strain. It's been 10 months since the Food and Drug Administration first announced a nationwide shortage of Adderall, one of the most widely used medications for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and the supply strain could potentially worsen in the months ahead. Drug shortage experts say it's extremely difficult to forecast how much longer the shortages will last because of the lack of transparency in the pharmaceutical industry, and some are concerned about market conditions as children who are commonly affected by ADHD. Yeah, they're the target customer. The kids are heading back to school. Adderall, more than one of more than 300 drugs in short supply in the U.S. as of June. That list includes Adderall alternatives like methylphenidate, which is commonly known as its brand name Ritalin or Concerta. Methylphenidate. James, I was looking at lists of ADHD drugs so I could make funny puns at the start of the episode about Ritalin and Rexafil and whatever all those wacky names are that I'm not familiar with. I was just looking for the names. On and on down the list. It's methyl diplate, methyl... It's all, it's all just fancy meth. It's all just Gucci meth. The whole article is basically about how the meth makers point fingers at the little Eichmann feds for not giving them enough meth. There's all these quotas and things. Again, everything we talk about is included in the notes, so you can read the entire articles for yourself. Drug makers don't disclose exact numbers of how much stock they'll have available. The DEA and the FDA said they called on manufacturers to confirm they're working to increase production to meet their allotted quotas, blah, blah, blah. So let's just jump down to the very bottom of the article. That's where they like to hide the truth sometimes. Scroll, scroll, scroll. The shortages of Adderall and generic versions of the drug kicked off last August when major manufacturers reported that their medications were on back order. Manufacturers are required to notify the FDA of a shortage, but not the cause. The FDA pointed to ongoing intermittent manufacturing delays at Teva, when it first announced the Adderall shortage, TV basically said it was a labor shortage. Huh, labor shortage. But it was quickly resolved. A surge in demand for Adderall and other ADHD medications seemed to have played a significant role, too. U.S. prescriptions for Adderall rocketed to 41.4 million in 2021, a more than 10% increase from the year before. One factor, seeing demand up, according to the experts was the increased use of telehealth services during the COVID public health emergency that may have allowed for more relaxed prescribing standards for highly dangerous psychotropic medications. The scamdemic also created a perfect storm for distractions, such as the shift to remote work and a thrum of anxiety, stress, and grief over the uncertainty of COVID that may have exacerbated some ADHD patient symptoms or convinced more people that they have the condition, prompting them to seek treatment. The increased demand for Adderall amid shortages of the drug likely resulted in a domino effect, too, with healthcare providers and patients being driven to turn to alternative medications, triggering shortages of those drugs as well. Thanks again, Scamdemic. 
James, I sadly believe that when we look around and like, man, is everybody crazy? It's like they're all on drugs and, and not the good ones that grow out of the ground either. It, it's because they are all on drugs. Pharma psycho meds, James. This article's infuriating. It really is on so many different levels. And unfortunately, you're right. I'm sure most of the people in the audience will be able to think of some friend, colleague, uh, colleagues, children, something like that, who are on some form of... ADHD medication, right? It's medication or something along those lines. And I think the the real the real action in this story comes from the fact that there is a back to school shortage of this medication. Hmm, what does that tell us? Well, again, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but I will refer to an article that Kerry McDonald had up on fee.org the other day about this. What the back to school Adderall shortage really tells us, in which she notes uh, a quote from Professor uh, Dr. Peter Gray, a psychology professor at Boston College, who says, what does it mean to have ADHD? Basically, it means failure to adapt to the conditions of standard schooling. And then it goes on, the article goes on to say, in his research of children diagnosed with ADHD who left a conventional classroom for homeschooling and related unconventional learning environments, Gray found that their ADHD characteristics and behaviors ceased to be problematic, and that most children no longer needed to be medicated. This was particularly true of these children learned in more self-directed educational environments that intentionally avoided the trappings of traditional schooling. Wow, imagine that. Maybe the fact that more and more children need to be drugged to be in these prison cells known as classrooms, maybe that tells us something not not something wrong about them, but something wrong about the schooling system. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of thing going on here. And if this idea sounds vaguely familiar to you, then check the box. You were paying attention back uh, in my Finding Mental Health edition of Solutions Watch earlier this year, where I was talking to Dr. Bruce Levine about his recent book, A Profession Without Reason, where we were talking about the reality of uh, psych psychological problems um, and the way that they are interpreted misdiagnosed, etc. Uh, the entire chemical imbalance theory of depression and all of that was total marketing nonsense hyped up by the big pharma uh, mafia back in the 90s, 80s and 90s, to help sell you Prozac and other such uh, medications that isn't even believed. It was never really seriously believed by the scientific profession, and now the APA and others openly disavow it. No, chemical imbalance is not a theory, but it, it sounds about right, and hey, it sells drugs. So good enough. But what if we just take people and put them in different situations? Maybe their mental health problems aren't mental health problems. They're problems adjusting to a sick society. Anyway, there's a lot to, to think about there. I have talked about this issue in various ways in the past, but I will direct people to that Finding Mental Health edition of Solutions Watch if they didn't see it, to start contemplating what it means that there's a back-to-school Adderall shortage and what, what that really tells us about society in general. One of the parts I scrolled, scrolled, scrolled past in that article, it says the kids don't use it as much in the summer, which even strikes us like, oh, you mean when they're outdoors, hopefully running and playing and being energized and maybe working hard and sweating and getting tired and doing all those things we did as kids. Again, I think back at school, being back at public school in the 80s, there was a handful of special needs kids who were obviously needed it. It's like, oh, that's obvious fetal alcohol. So, you know, the handful of real problems. And now the sort of problems seem like that's been turned into the, not the bug, but, but the feature. 
And as we noted last week, and James, you and I were talking about the, the looting conspiracy a little before we started to shoot today. As I noted last week, the roving gangs are crazy stealing jewelry and TVs. What happens when they don't have their psych meds? So, James, you did just do a recent write-up on the looting conspiracy. Did, did you cover it all? What happens when their drugs run out, James? I did not address that specifically, but I did note the, uh, I'll just throw this in uh, the show notes for today if people are interested. Watch massive teen hordes swarm to California malls. Beatings, gunfire, stabbing ensue. And this is some of that footage you've got you've to see to really understand. It is crazy. And this is, this is before the economic collapse. So yeah, imagine after the economic collapse, when these people are off their meds and are amped up, it's going to be really crazy. And I mean crazy. Yeah, actual, yeah, clinically crazy. And maybe even something like The Purge. That's how we get going on New World next week, episode 528. Our second story, Pink Slime Returns, as viral TikTok video exposes disturbing production of sliced ham. By now, many Americans should be aware that at some point they've unknowingly, or maybe knowingly even, chowed down on some pink slime meat. The culinary horror first rocked the pages of the New York Times back in 2009 and several other times in recent years. Zero Hedge noted, the return of pink slime, is there meat glue in your food? And of course, Americans' fast food chains uses seaweed, soy, and even wood to beef up menu items. The effects of ultra-processed foods are pretty obvious. Look at the American people. See the previous story. Morbidly obese and full of health problems. Knowing the health ramifications of the chemicals megacorporations put in the food should be a national priority. There should be kids gluing themselves to, you know, the, what, the craft factory. But they're not. And maybe, have, maybe have they tried making an NFT of it? Maybe put funny deer anter, antler filters on it? Maybe put it on Kid Talk. The latest viral video of Pink Slime was posted to that latest bastion of truthiness, James TikTok. It shows what appears to be a ham operation. Over 20,000 users weighed in on the video, with the vast majority expressing concern about the country's food supply and speculating on how the chemicals and processed foods might be harming them. But don't worry, as Zero Hedge notes, big corporations will solve the fat crisis with the newly created Miracle Fat Drug. Yes, that is a thing. One of them's Ozemplic or whatever it's called. A new Miracle Weight Loss Drug really works, raising huge questions. And a great question again from Zero Hedge. Why aren't ESGers going after companies producing processed and other junk foods? It's because their programming hasn't told them what to go yell at and which phony machine to go rage at. It is, James, it is, now that we're again, the, the old men doing this for a long time, it's kind of fun now watching each next generation of users on each next new generation of ever more censored and controlled and creepy platforms getting an actual taste of truth. Man, wait till they hear about Project Paperclip. Yeah, exactly right. No, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not angry or taking it out on kids for learning about this stuff. Yeah, you got to learn about it. And I guess you're going to learn about it on TikTok at this point. So um, at any rate, yeah, welcome to reality. We've been here a little while. And so uh, we have been covering this for over a decade, both yourself and myself. In fact, us together back on Food World Order edition of Corporate Report Radio. 
Back from way back in the day, 2012, we had an edition um, talking about your pink slime coverage. So I will throw that in the show notes for people who want to take a trip down memory lane. And in fact, uh, that that episode of Food World Order on Corporate Report Radio will be part of the 2012 USB data archive that hopefully will be coming soon from New World next week. So people who want to catch up on our very, very old coverage of things that are new news <laughs> can do so uh, via that means uh, and on the website as well. But yeah, it's... Again, it's good that people are waking up to this, but then again, I guess they might be fringe right-wing conspiraloons if they are concerned about what they're eating and concerned about their health, right? That's the latest um, That's the latest ploy that they are taking precisely because, as you allude to there, um, yeah, the ESG isn't going after this kind of stuff because, of course, it's a corporate cartel monopoly system where they're just trying to control their cartel and keep people out of it. And yes, you better believe the major food processors and and uh, junk food manufacturers are part of that cartel. So they're, of course, they're not going to go after themselves. So yes, this is absolutely, um, it, it's important for every generation to understand, yeah, if you don't know if you don't, if you can't pronounce the names of the ingredients in the foods that you're buying, chances are it's crap and it's killing you. Uh, this is not rocket science, and the fact that you're concerned about that means that you are tuning into reality, which means they're going to call you Russian misinformation bots or whatever, right-wing conspiraloons. Uh, wear the badge proudly, because it means you are joining the reality-based community. I have gone over those stories. They are not the onion. They are not the bee. Right-wing conspiracies are into waking up early. It's a right-wing conspiracy to exercise. It's now a right-wing conspiracy to be concerned about super nasty seed oils. That's that's the latest from Rolling Stone. Of course, that bastion of having to retract their BS articles. I have a page worth of pink slime stories on MediaMonarchy.com that I will link up with the tag pink slime, including those old Food World Order episodes that you talked about, James. I coined that phrase, Food World Order, on the air, I believe, back in 2008. Also included in those links, because, of course, one of the biggies, James, this will be something, for again, for the TikTok kids to find out. Gutless Disney ABC News buckled like a belt and settled their defamation case with Pink Slime Incorporated. This was back when Trump enemy Jim Avila was posing as a journalist. ABC reached a settlement in Pink Slime case June 28, 2017. This is New World Next Week, episode 528, and I guess you could maybe say this with all the episodes. It's indicative of what's coming. But maybe more specifically, James, this final story feels like what's indicative of what's coming with Scamdemic 2.0, another crazy right-wing conspiracy completely made up out of whole cloth, right? This is all what's coming back. I think it's going to mutate, kind of like what's mutating inside of our former friends. Coof 2 is going to mutate back into the culture wars, and obviously it's going to merge with America's next top president, 2024. The guy that caused all of this was just on Twitter today saying, James, we will not consent. Mr. Operation Warp Speed is saying we will not consent to the thing again he foisted upon America. Two-party illusion is already getting pretty, pretty rough. What is our third and final story? San Francisco bakery refusing to serve cops over no guns allowed policy. This, this is good news. 
Stay with me here. Some cops in San Francisco will have to look elsewhere for their leavened goods after Reams, California, a local bakery chain, said it is enforcing a policy to not serve anyone armed. The San Francisco Police Officers Association responded on X, the social platform formerly known as Twitter that's, of course, being destroyed on purpose, that Reams, a local bakery chain, had recently denied service to an officer who was in uniform. No cops allowed. That's the confirmed policy of the bakery chain Reams, the union said in its post on August 24th. The post included, this is from the cops, remember. The post included a screenshot of an email from Reams sent to the association that said the company has a policy, quote, to not serve anyone that is armed in a uniform, end quote. It's unclear if Reams' policy applies to all people who are armed or only those who are armed and wearing a uniform. The bakery chain did post a statement to that photography app that everybody loves to type on Friday that said it strives to foster an environment of safety for our staff and customers in a time of increased gun violence, citation needed, particularly impacting people of color, youth, and queer people, citation needed. We believe that a strict policy of prohibiting guns in our restaurant keeps us safer. James' belief is a hell of a drug. The restaurant thanked the community for the support in the post and said that it is temporarily closed, like a social media account when it's suddenly thrust into the news. It's like, oh, crap, we we have to shut this thing down. But, quote, can't wait to reopen our doors very soon and provide the sanctuary space you all deserve. Now, imagine... Like my man the Drizzle said this morning in my chat stream, imagine if their policy was actually, we don't serve agents of the state. Period. No, I don't care what their costume is. I don't care how many pieces of flair they have upon it. We don't serve agents of the state. James, I, I really do think people are getting excited to fight the maskers in the stores and randos on the street. You can already see it building. I've seen it in randos on Twitter. Like I said last week, I think they do want open defiance this time. Because remember, as we've said many, many times, the state really only knows how to deal with violence, which is why they foment and foster it so many times. But again, it's fun to see people that maybe might have forced someone to make a cake they didn't believe in discovering the awesome power of saying no, even if it's only to serve their vulture signaling needs right now. James? Absolutely right. Yeah, no, that that's an important part of this that I hope doesn't escape people's attention. And good reference there. The reference specifically is to Masterpiece Cake Shop Limited v. Colorado Civil Rights Commission, which was ruled on by the Supreme Court back in 2018. And for people who don't know, it's the gay wedding cake ruling talking about this shop that was discriminating against this gay couple that wanted a wedding cake, but it goes against my religious beliefs, so I'm not going to make that cake. I'll make any other kind of cake, but not a wedding cake for you. They took it to the courts, the Civil Rights Commission, and eventually got in the courts, eventually went to the Supreme Court. They punted on the decision. If you want all of that background, I wrote wrote that up a few years ago, or a couple of years ago, actually, as it was coming back to the fore with gay website design and other <laughs> issues in a piece I wrote called Of Gay Wedding Cakes and Woke Restaurants. Um, but yeah, this is actually an important point. Do, do restaurants and bakeries and shops in general have the right to serve or not serve certain customers? Do they have the right to decide you can come in this store, but you can't? And under what conditions? And who gets to say? What third party gets to come in and force you must bake the cake? But it's okay. You don't have to serve the cops because that's cult- that's uh, signaling in the right the right virtue direction, right? Yeah, it's... Exactly, exactly. It's a big game, 
And But it is important to press on this issue and to get people to really think about it. Is there a principle involved here? And if so, what is that principle? Who gets to decide who, who can serve who under what conditions? Is it the state? Do you really want the state to come in and be able to make those decisions? Because guess what? It probably won't make them in the way that you want all the time. So there's a much, much deeper issue here that I hope people who are interested will check out that, uh, that article that I wrote that goes into the, the philosophy behind this and what it really means. I think we are going to see, we're going to see the return of a lot of things, I fear, but I think we're going to see the return of those signs that say, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. Boom. That's it. That's New World Next Week, episode 528. NewWorldNextWeek.com has those aforementioned Corbett Report DVDs and USBs that they cannot censor. I've got 2008 right here. I think 2012 is on its way. We're going to start moving pretty quickly, James, on 2013, 2014. We are already getting the ball rolling on all of those. As, of course, we're also training the the media production company how to do the things properly the way that we would like them, <laughs> which is nice. I mean, it's it's nice to actually be in a spot to where you can say, hey, let's work work together on something. Way back in the day, James, when we were automating my college radio station so that it could go 24-7, not that we replaced jocks, the station was only really ever on for 12 hours a day. My internship was helping automate the station. And my mentor, or my mentor at the station, he worked with this software company because they hadn't been around so long, but they were into working with the people to make their product better. What a crazy idea. All of that is to say NewWorldNextWeek.com, of course, has Corbett Report DVDs, USBs, Corbett Report Monarchy shirts. I have a Monarchy music surprise coming soon to the store. It's not the record label just yet. But it is a cool music thing that I've put together actually with New World Next Week people in mind. If you've not checked out the Media Monarchy Kingdom, my super secret music project probably will go live on 9-11, the 18th anniversary of Media Monarchy. In other news, Discord is killing my server, apparently in honor of the anniversary. Medical misinformation, James. They just straight nuked T-Lav, no warning whatsoever. I was given a warning but no real ability to do anything about it. It's the real weasel thing where it says, they're bad stuff somewhere on this server you've been running for seven plus years. At least Twitter has the guts to say, hey, this tweet is bad. If you still want to play with us, you got to delete it. And you go, okay, or you don't go, okay. This is just some weaselly thing that says, oh, some bad stuff is hidden somewhere on your server. So I'm not going to start to, oh, maybe if I delete this or delete that, maybe they'll let me stay. I don't want to hang out with people that won't have me. So it's all going to have to probably pretty much go to media monarchy. But that's, yeah, the great irony, again, of a lot of this. Medical misinformation. Not the tons of media and books and movies that we bootleg and share in there. That should really kind of tell you something. What is a real threat to the system? (gasps) Bootlegging Barbie or movies or whatever. That's not a threat to the system. Doing your own thing apparently is quite the threat to the system, James. Everything's eventually going to be at MediaMonarchy.com. It is going to be like a BBS in 1998. Go to hell, gifts. It's ASCII time. And also, as I often forget to remind people, I play the exclusive audio of these brand new New World Next Week episodes after my Thursday morning shows before they are published anywhere else. James, it's the last time I'll say it. 
That is New World Next Week, episode 528, buddy. Excellent. Well, I uh, I feel nothing but sorrow for those uh, alternative media brethren of ours who do not have their own websites and rely on social media for everything. It's ridiculous. Have your own website. This is 2023. You need your own website in order to host your own stuff. So hats off to you for making that uh, that happen in the media monarchy kingdom. And speaking of which, we'll be back with New World next week, uh, coming in September. So uh, looking forward to it. James, talk to you again. All right, buddy. Thanks.